praise and glory for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Glory to God. Well, I want to continue this morning with the message we've been on for several weeks now. And I know we're going to be on this for quite some time. But in reality, every message could be taken as an individual mess. What does this mean? Yelby, what did you do? Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we've been on this message for several weeks. What manner of man was Jesus when he walked the earth? And what manner of man or woman should we be as his followers, as Christians? And we've been looking at a variety of different things that Jesus was. Jesus was a man of prayer. How many know that's true? And as his followers, we should be people of prayer. Again, I cannot emphasize to you enough the importance of learning to spend quality time praying to God. You should talk to God all day long. You don't have to know how to pray. God just wants you to talk to him, to fellowship with him. And obviously, as you learn about prayer, then that makes you, you know, it helps you develop and grow and so forth and so on in your prayer life. But my point is, Jesus spent hours upon hours seeking the face of his father. And so should we be doing the same thing. Then we looked at the fact that Jesus, not only did he demonstrate to us how to operate in authority when he was here on this earth, he also restored to us the authority man had lost way back in the Garden of Eden. Isn't that, not, is that true? Amen. And so as such, we saw that Jesus, how did he operate in authority? He simply spoke the word and whatever he spoke came to pass. Right? And if we're going to do it like Jesus did it, that's how we're supposed to rule and reign in the earth. That's how we're supposed to exercise our authority, through our words. And again, I know for a whole bunch of Christians and a whole bunch of churches out there, that might sound off the wall. That might sound a little crazy, for lack of a better way of saying it. But again, how did Jesus do it? He spoke to the wind and the waves, and the wind and the waves obeyed him. Is that not true? Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it dried up from the roots. He spoke the word. And now I know again that the mentality of so many folks is, well, that's Jesus. Jesus could do that kind of thing because Jesus is God. Friends, listen to me with all that's in me. You need to get the revelation that what Jesus did when he was here on this earth was not as God, but as a man. That was the only way, that is the only way we could ever expect to do what Jesus did when he walked the earth. The absolute only way. If he did what he did as a man. And yes, Jesus was anointed with the, with the Spirit of God without measure. That's what the Bible says. And yes, the Spirit of God now comes and lives in us and rests upon us. So what does that mean for you and me? That means we can do what Jesus did. And, and, and if, as you've seen in this study, that's exactly what Jesus said to them. We can speak to our mountains, our seemingly impossible situations, and tell them to be removed and to be cast into the sea and not doubt in our hearts. But believe what we say, and we will have whatever we say. That's the Bible. Those are the words of Jesus. Can Jesus lie? Then why in the world do we doubt that we can do it? Hello? 
I expect to move mountains. I expect to move mountains. I said, I expect to move mountains. How about you? You know what I'm coming to realize more and more and more? That living by faith means, and I know this might be, you might already got this revelation. Praise God for you. I'm getting the revelation that living by faith is, means living beyond myself. What am I saying? I'm saying if we're going to live by faith, we're, God expects us to take him at his word and step out beyond who we are. In our, beyond our own strength. Beyond our own abilities. Because then, guess what happens? It's only by him, only because of him, that we're able to do what we do. Hello? But glory to God, if Jesus could stand up in the middle of that storm and speak to that wind and the waves and tell him to say, peace, be still, and the wind and the waves obeyed him, I can expect to do the very same thing. If a severe storm is beating down upon my house and it looks like it's going to come bring death and destruction to my house, I believe I have the authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to stand up and say, no, you will not come this way. Now, again, for a lot of people, they will look at me and say, who do you think you are? And let me tell you who I think I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm called to be like Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I guess some of you are just really thinking right now. Thank you, Jesus. And then lately, we've been looking at the fact that Jesus demonstrated to us the love of God while he was here on this earth. He is and he always will be the epitome of love. The God kind of love. That means everything he said, everything he did was filtered through love. Amen. And so what we've done is we begin to take, uh, take some time and look at the fact that God loves you and God loves me. Once again, I realize for a whole lot of people, you've probably heard it said over and 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 over again, God loves you. God loves you. If you ever come to church, probably more than likely, you've heard God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. But what happens with way too many people, it becomes something that's being said to the multitudes, but not to you personally. And that's what I'm trusting God to get through to is to, for you personally to get the revelation that God loves you, just like God loves me. I said this the other night, and I mean it. I'm God's favorite. But so are you. Every one of you are God's favorite. You are the apple of his eye. How many have ever had, how many had siblings, brothers, sisters? Did you ever look at some of your brothers and sisters and think, mom and dad like them better than they, they love me? I'm, I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family. I, I was the middle child of five kids. You know what they say about the middle child? The middle child always ended up black and blue. Now you might say, what are you talking about? The middle child was the one who always got the spankings. See, the first child was, of course, the first child. Perfect, you know, my brother. You know. Then came my sister, and she was just a little saintly little woman. And then came me. 
and I like to have fun with life. I like to chase my sister and see her run into the lawnmower and get a big scar on her leg. And as a result, Daniel was taken and given a spanking. It was just part of being the middle child, I guess. I'm telling you, I got spanks more than I think I could ever tell you about. I mean, I had times with my sister. I had another sister younger. I had two sisters younger than me. The, the, the last child was ridiculously. She never got spanked. And if you ever met her, you don't know what you could tell. I mean, my goodness, no. But, but my, the sister that was a, a year younger than me, a little over a year younger than me, she would just come by and mess with me. Come by, and she knew I couldn't stand to have my hair pulled. She'd come by and just yank my hair. And I was just like, you know, swat out her. Well, one day she did something along those lines. My dad saw me swing out at her, even though it was her instigated. And my dad came over and grabbed me by the ear and took me and spanked me. <laughs> I was going to go sit on my couch. It just life wasn't fair. But we always had that kind of mentality that we got. My mom, my dad loved so-and-so better than they loved me. Listen, God loves you. Just as much as he loves Jesus. Hello? Can't get much more than that, can it? In fact, it cannot get much, can't get any more than that. God loves you with an unconditional love. That means you don't have to merit it. You don't have to earn it. He's going to love you whether you're living sold out for him or whether you're running from him 180 degrees. God loves you with an everlasting love. A love that never ends. Stop and think about that. And the Bible says that, that nothing, nothing in this earth, nothing we can do can separate us from his love. Woo! Glory to God. I don't know about you, but that blesses me. Because sometimes, especially times where I've messed up and done stupid stuff, I don't feel so lovable. I'm the only one that's ever felt unlovable. But God's love for you and God's love for me isn't based upon whether I'm living good or not. He just loves me. Oh, that's so powerful to me. Because see, when you get that revelation, it makes you want to live for him. It makes you want to live for him. Are you listening to me? I want to live for God. Because he loves me with an everlasting love. I want to live for God because he loves me unconditionally. I want to live for God because even when I mess up, he still loves me just the same. Nothing can separate his love from me. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. And so we've been looking at the fact that God loves us. God loves you. God loves me. And we've looked at a variety of different things. He's tattooed a picture of you on the palm of his hands. Anybody in here have a tattoo? Oh, Kelby's a great example. <laughs> but God tattooed, the Bible says that. In Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 49. I don't have it up there, but that's cool. God has tattooed a picture of you on the palm of his hands. And then the Bible also says that you are always on his mind. You are always on his mind. God is always thinking about you. Now, if you're like me sometimes, I start to try to think about how that works. How can God be thinking about me while at the same time thinking about Kelby and thinking about Ron and thinking about each one of you? 
he's God. When we get to heaven, we can ask him those kinds of questions. Not saying that we're going to understand the answer when it comes to us. But the bottom line is he's God. And the bottom line is, is what the word says is that his thoughts toward us are more in number than the sand. All the sand on this earth, which there are quite a few pieces of sand. Like I've said before, you pick up a handful of sand on the beach. You probably couldn't count all the grains of sand in just that one handful. And yet the Bible says his thoughts toward us are more than, than all the grains of sand throughout the whole earth. And his thoughts toward us are on how he can get at us, come at us, be mean to us, spank us, for a lack of a better way of saying it. His thoughts toward us are to make our lives better. How can I bless them? How can I enable them to experience my goodness all the more? Amen. Glory to God. We've also looked at the fact that we know that God loves you and me because, again, I've already mentioned this one. The Bible has many verses that speak of his love for us. We looked at the fact that we can know God loves you and me because of this beautiful creation. And the fact that everything was created with you and me in mind. And that every one of us in this room has been fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. We've looked at the fact that we can know God loves you and me. Because of his incredible plan of redemption. That way back when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. God already had that plan in place. A plan that involved sending his very own son to die on the cross for you and me. Thank God for Jesus. We've seen the fact that we can know God loves you and me. Because of the present day ministry of Jesus. How many know that Jesus is right now interceding on your behalf? Did you hear that? God, I mean, the Bible tells us that Jesus is interceding right now. He's praying right now for you and me. That makes me feel better. I got someone like Jesus who always has the ear of the Father and who always gets results when he prays, praying for me. That's awesome. We also saw in his present day ministry that he is our advocate our heavenly lawyer. He just, the, the, the Bible says that the devil always accuses the brethren. He's always accusing us before the Father, but we got a heavenly, we got a heavenly lawyer named Jesus who is pleading our case. And guess what? Because of the blood of Jesus, we always come out on top. Hallelujah. Then we also saw, so, 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 saw that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. And that he's the mediator of the new covenant. Again, being uh, in this new covenant is so powerful. So incredible. And we've got someone that is right there looking over it to make sure that everything that is ours now, because of the fact we're in blood covenant with Almighty God, comes to you and me. Amen? Well, I want to move on this morning. And this is the seventh reason we can know God loves you and me. And it's because of the many gifts He's given to us. How many of you love to bless your kids or grandkids? And why? Because you love them, amen? Or or your spouse for that matter, or a friend. You love to bless people, especially kids, because you love them. Well, friends, I'm going to tell you a little secret here. We got a heavenly father that loves you and me so much. He loves to shower us with gifts. He loves to bless our lives. 
And what are some of those gifts? Number one, the greatest gift of all is Jesus. There is no comparison to that gift. The gift of Jesus and the salvation he brought to each one of us. But I want us to look at the fact that Jesus has given us one of the most powerful gifts we've ever been given. A gift that I would say that most Christians fail to grasp and definitely take advantage of. What is that gift? The use of his name. The name of Jesus. Friends, listen, we have been given the authority, the legal right to use the name of Jesus, the name above all names. And when that name is spoken through the lips of one of his children, we need to understand. Now, this is so powerful. You need to understand that all when you speak the name of Jesus, All that Jesus is and all that Jesus can do is right there vested in his name. Stop and think about that. Oh, glory to God. Listen, when we speak the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus is right there. Making sure whatever we're believing for and asking for in his name comes to pass. Boy, is that powerful or what? Glory to God. Listen to this scripture. And I know we've covered a little bit of this when we talked about authority. But I want to go over this this set of scripture. And we'll get into some more depth about the name here. But Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe? You might ask why I ask that every time. Because I want you to recognize and understand this is for believers. If you believe in Jesus, you qualify. In my name. They will cast out demons. Now I'm going to go ahead and say it this way because it's implied. In my name they will speak with new tongues. In my name they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In my name they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now stop and think about the fact that when we lay hands, just using that last part of the, that scripture there, when you lay hands on people in the name of Jesus, if you have the revelation that when I speak his name over somebody I'm praying for, in accordance with that word, it's as if Jesus is standing right there laying his hands upon that person. Would you doubt for a moment if Jesus was standing right here that that individual would be healed? Would you doubt it? I know I wouldn't. I would fully expect for that person to do exactly what's written there. They shall recover. They shall be healed. Amen. We have the legal right to use the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now go with me this morning to John 16. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. John 16, verse 23. It says in that day, this is Jesus speaking, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, this is verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. 
Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Does Jesus want us to be full of joy? I said, does Jesus want us to be full of joy? Glory to God. Jesus has given us the means to be full of joy. How do we get full of joy in accordance to this scripture? How do we get full of joy in accordance to this scripture? When we get answers to our prayers that we've prayed in his name. And when we pray in his name, the Bible's very clear. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he probably will give it to you. There's a great possibility he will give it to you. There's a 99% chance he's going to give it to you. No, it just says he will give it to you. Glory to God. Now, I know I've been studying this and meditating on this, and so I'm a little bit more excited than you are right now. But I want you to catch something here. Jesus has made a way for us to be full of joy. Joy means you get happy. <laughs> joy, when you get full of joy, I'm t- I don't care who you are. I mean, you might be the biggest. I'm not looking at anybody. You might be somebody who said, I haven't. I, I literally met somebody like this who told me this. Not re- I was at a church and this person said this to me. I haven't laughed for years. I'm not saying that about anybody in here. But a person who hasn't laughed for years is a person who really doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm just keeping it real. I'm not trying to be rude or mean to anybody in this room. But when you really know Jesus and you take advantage of all he's done for you, you're going to get full of joy. I said you're going to get full of joy. And when you're full of joy, again, I don't know. This is just the way God made us. But when I'm full of joy, I laugh. I don't, I'm full of joy. I'm really full of joy. Yay. No, when I get full of joy, I laugh. <laughs> People think that's so funny for somebody to stand up. We, we're we're going to have a minister in here and he will make you laugh. And if you've never experienced something like that before, you might sit back and look at me right now and say, boy, Pastor Dan, you are strange. You wait till you hear him. But I know for a fact, I know for a fact, it's a whole lot more fun to smile and laugh and be full of joy than to frown and be discouraged and allow the devil to beat you up. I don't know why I'm off on this, but I am. But I want you to know Jesus has given us the means to be full of joy. All we've got to learn to do is to pray to the Father in His name. The Father will give, it, give us what we're asking for. Hallelujah. And as a result of this, Jesus said, Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I want to read something to you. Listen to this. This is E.W. Kenyon. Uh, a gentleman wrote many books, but this is what he said about praying in the name of Jesus. I hope you wore your shouting clothes because I'm fixing to get somewhere with this. It is so incredible. 
This puts prayer on a purely legal basis. For Jesus has given us the legal right to use his name. Now, what is it called when somebody is able to write checks for somebody else in their name? Power of attorney, thank you. The power of attorney. Some of you might have been a power of attorney for a a loved one or a, a mom or dad who've gotten really old. You become the power of attorney. You can write checks for them in their name. Prayer becomes a purely legal basis for he has given us the legal right to use his name. As we take our rights and privileges in the new covenant and pray in Jesus' name, get this, it passes out of our hands into the hands of Jesus. He then assumes the responsibility of that prayer. And we know that he said, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you hear me, and I know that you hear me always. In other words, we know that the Father always hears Jesus. And when we pray in Jesus' name, get this, it's as though Jesus himself were doing the praying. He takes our place. This places prayers not only on legal grounds, but it makes it a business proposition. When we pray, we take Jesus' place here to carry out His will, and He takes our place before the Father. Kenyon then goes on to make these powerful statements, and again, oh, glory to God. When Jesus gave us the legal right to to use this name, The father knew that the name would, I mean, what? Start over, Daniel. The father knew all that the name would imply when breathed in prayer by oppressed souls. And it is his joy to recognize that name. So the possibilities enfolded in that name are beyond our understanding. And when he says to the church, are you ready to shout? When he says to the church, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he is giving us a signed check on the resources of heaven and asking us to fill it in. Have you ever been given a blank check before? Somebody handed you a check signed and said, you fill it in. You know what most Christians do? Oh, I, I want to remain humble, Lord. I just, just enough to barely scrape by $10. And God's saying, what? What? I, I, I say we, the church, have signed our checks way too small. I believe our God is big enough and rich enough To enable us to be so blessed if we would only learn to sign those checks as big as we possibly could ever imagine. Didn't the Bible say that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we could ask or think? Doesn't the Bible say that? And yet we sit there and we write it for such a small amount because we think we're being humble. And God is saying, what about using those funds 
instead of just taking care of your family and no more, what about using those funds to be a greater blessing to your church, to your church family, to other ministries out there? What do you think would happen with everybody in here brought a check in here for $100,000? What do you think would happen? And it happened consistently. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. And God is my witness. We have had finances come into this church before. People have given checks for over $30,000 to this church. And you want to know what we've done with the vast majority of those funds? You want to know what we did with them? We gave it away. You might say, Pastor Dan, what are you doing giving it away? I'm giving it away because that right there wasn't enough to meet our need. If what you have in your hand doesn't meet your need, then what you have in your hand is your seed. And I know for a fact this building right here is supposed to come into our hands. This building, and and listen, this building, and to renovate this building, it's going to take about $2 million. $2 million. And I know for a lot of people, they go, ah! You say $2 million. I said $2 million. One of the words Pastor Joan got from the Lord when we came over here is do not let money be something that hinders you, that, that pulls you away from what I'm, I want you to believe for. And I know, listen, 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 listen. I want us to get something here. I so believe that we, the church, and I'm saying that as a general, a general thing, that the church, the church in general has failed to take advantage of what Jesus Christ has done for us through his redemptive work. Oh, yes, you get born again. Praise God for that. That's part of redemption. That's part of our salvation. But so many people stop right there. I got my ticket into heaven. That's all I need. Now I'm going to go live my own way. Or, or they fall into this religious cycle. This religious mindset that you, you can't expect God to bless you. God doesn't care about your finances. God doesn't want you rich. Oh, I've seen so many scriptures in the Bible that just totally throw that out the window. You see, God wants us to be blessed and he wants us to have things. He just doesn't want those things to have us. He doesn't want us to be covetous. He doesn't want us to to. to No longer worship him, but worship mammon, the love of money. We're not called to love money. But how many know that we need money? I don't know why I'm off on this today, but I am. Glory to God. I want you to realize that God wants you and me blessed. He cares about that. Can I ask you a question? I want you to, seriously, I want you to answer this question. Do you have to pay bills? Do you have to pay bills? Now, here's the next question. Does it take money? So why in the world wouldn't God care about whether you had money or not? Hello? And I understand the mentality of so many people. The mentality of so many people is, all I need is enough money to pay my bills and that's it. That's all they think about is themselves. Is that the way God wants us to be? If our primary thinking is only about me, myself, and my family and no more, then guess what I'm being? Selfish. 
I should want more than enough in my life. So when Ron came up, and how many years ago was it you came up and believed in God for uh, teeth? I know it sounds so weird to say teeth, but it's the truth. How many years ago was that? About five years ago? And, and so Karen hooked him up with her, his doctor, and, and he ended up being able to go there. And the church rallied around him and sowed into his life so Ron can now stand up and smile real big. <laughs> We've done that over and over again in here. I mean, Timothy's sitting right there. How many times have we seen that blessed you guys? Lots of times. We've been able to bless them. And I'm not trying to point my finger at individuals to make them feel bad. I'm just saying it from the perspective. That's our hearts. That's what we desire. We're a family. We're a family. Big Dave has sown, he's sown his Cadillac to Ron. I've been waiting for Big Dave to go get a black, brand new black Corvette. Sow it to his pastor. <laughs> I'm joking. Praise the Lord. Although I do have one coming in in Jesus' name. Have you seen the new vets? Oh, anyway, praise the Lord. Got off on that. Zero to 60 in less than two seconds or right at two seconds. That would be, no, never mind, I'm sorry. Whatever we ask, whatever we ask the Father in His name, the Father will give it to us. Now let me throw this in for free because I know we got to say this. It's so sad that I have to. If you ask for something that's outside the lines of the Bible, Lord, I ask that you give me that woman even though that woman is married to somebody else. That's stupidity gone to seed. God is never going to do something that lies in the face with what's written here in the Bible. Amen. But when you ask for something that's in line with this Bible, and you ask it in the name of Jesus, Jesus says, you will have it. Ask, and God will do it for you. We have a blank check that, it's, you know, it's what, listen, we have a blank check and it's been signed, Jesus the Christ. And you know how he signed it? Not with ink, but with his precious blood. And all you got to do is sign, fill in what it is. I'm speaking to myself right now. I've been believing God for some things. And I'm seeing myself write checks right now, God. Oh, glory to God. I see that, Lord. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I tell you. God is wanting us to break out of this, this small mentality and go into this big mentality. Why? Because we serve a big God. And he's more than able to take care of us. And if you study the Bible out, my God is a God who is more than enough. Do you remember in the Bible when, the, when Jesus told the disciples, uh, Peter had lent him his boat, and Peter had gone, you know, and Jesus went out in the boat and preached and got off, and he told Peter to go fishing, and Peter said, well, we've already been fishing all night, which is when you're supposed to fish during that time, but at your word, Lord, I'll go out, and he said, lower the net, and so, so Peter lowers, he lowers the, Jesus tells him to lower the nets, Peter lowers the net. He only lets down one. But when it ends up happening, all of a sudden, the nets begin to break. And then all these other boats start to help them out. And their nets begin to break. And the boats begin to fill up. Doesn't God know when the nets are full? 
Doesn't God know when the boats are full to the place where they're going to start sinking? Why doesn't he know that? Doesn't he know better? Why didn't he stop? Because that's the kind of God that he is. The God who is more than enough. That's how God wants us to look at him. And when we're signing that check, signed with, we're filling in that check, signed with the name of Jesus Christ in his blood, then praise God, we know it's coming to pass. There's people in this room, you've been struggling financially. I'm going to tell you a little secret here. It's not a secret. Forgive me, keep saying it that way. Let me tell you something in line with the Bible. In order to get out of where you're at, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because there's a lot of things you may have done in your life. I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you right now. There might have been some things you've done in your life that have got you to this place. Some wrong decisions, some wrong choices you've made down in the past. And those decisions have consequences. But God is a God of mercy too. He will forgive you. My point in saying that is, you've got to be willing to start doing it God's way. Then when you start doing it God's way, and you've been doing it God's way, that's when you can look at that check and say, okay, God, I'm filling this out now. Glory to God. And when you do that, fully expect to receive it. And then you get full of joy. Hallelujah. Pastor Joan and me, we sat in her office the other day. And I went in there. I had been listening to a message. See, this even happens to ministers. I'm listening to a message. And I'm hearing this minister preach. And as this minister's preaching, I am feeling so condemned. As a minister's preaching, I'm not even going to tell you what it was on. I mean, I'm just sitting there going, uh, so I walk into my wife. She's going to lift me up. She'll encourage me. She loves me. And I sit on the bed and I ask her this silly question. And instead of her going and starting to help me, she said, why are you asking that question? And all of a sudden, it was like I took a big wet blanket and threw it on her. And we all of a sudden, (laughs) we're talking back and forth. And she's starting to get a little persnickety. You know what I mean by that? She's starting to get a little bit, what in the world did you come in here and start acting like that and talking like that? She jumped up and slapped me a couple of times. I was kidding. <laughs> then all of a sudden I recognized and I understood what I had allowed myself to do. I had gone in there seeking for somebody to give me sympathy. How many know we don't need sympathy? We need answers. Are you hearing me? I don't give a rip. I don't, I don't like it when somebody comes up. You poor little fellow. What does that do? It might give you a comfort for that long. But then, boom, you're still hitting that same problem and same challenge. You're still hitting you square in the face. But then all of a sudden, Pastor Jones said something to me. I said something to her. She said something back to me. And I said something back to her. And she preached something at me. Then I preached something at her. And then she preached something back at me. And pretty soon, we're preaching to one another. And we let God out of all that mully grubs. They went out the door and we got excited again. We got hooked back up with God's way of doing things. We began to confess what the Bible says. We began to declare his faithfulness. 
over our lives. And I know, oh, glory to God, I know my God is coming through for us. And I'm going to tell you, he'll do the very same thing for each one of you in this room. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. When the challenge comes, and it will come. Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. Guess what? You're going to get tribulation. You're going to have testing. You're going to have challenges. There's no getting around it if you're in this world. But Jesus then goes on to say, but be of good cheer. But be full of joy. I've overcome the world. Meaning, as long as we're doing it his way and we're keeping our focus on Jesus, the answer's on the way. Oh, I think I think I, I, that, that had anointing on it. The answer's on the way. Woo! Glory to God. I might have to say that one more time because it's like, woo! The answer's on the way. Amen. I said the answer's on the way. Hallelujah. Woo! I was saying this Friday night, our best days are before us. Do not think for a moment just because of things that have been happening in your life that things seem to be getting worse than better that your best days are before you because your best days are before you. The best days of your life are before you. Woo, because the answer's on the way. <laughs> I said the answer's on the way. We have been given the gift of the name of Jesus. I didn't get hard to get into any of my notes today. And it's not my fault, it's Ron's. <laughs> Listen, God loves you. And God loves me. So much that he not only has saved us, he has made a way for us to live prosperously and in health and successfully while we're here on this earth. What a flashing neon sign of the goodness of our God. When his children begin to take him at his word and rise up and be all he created us to be. I don't want to drive around with a Jesus sticker on my car. And please, if this is you, I don't know why. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't want to ride around in a clunker with a Jesus sticker on the back of my car. Now, you might say, well, what's wrong with that? What is that doing for my God? What is that demonstrating to the world about my God? Why would you want to serve that God? I'm not trying to be mean or rude. I'm trying to be real. I mean, my goodness gracious, we've talked about today how God has streets of pure gold. Giant pearls for gates. Cattle on a thousand hills are his. The silver and the gold are his. And yet his children can barely get by. Let me tell you about my God. He loves you. But he doesn't care about whether you get by in life or not. He wants you to struggle. He wants you to barely make it into heaven. What is that? Shouldn't we want to rise up and be living testimonies of Jesus Christ? I want, I'm going to say this, as your pastor, I want you to hear this. I want to be so blessed. I'm serious, I want to be so blessed. So I can be such a bigger blessing. 
I have envisioned myself going to all of these wonderful ministries that Joan and I have had the opportunity to sit under down through the years, walking into service, interrupting the service, and handing them a million-dollar check. I want some things like that to happen. And you might say, well, how is that going to ever happen? Listen, it's a process. We're called to live by faith. I said this the other night to the people here that were here on Friday night. You've got to be saying that throughout each and every day that you're alive. We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. I'm not moved by how I, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm unaffected by how I feel. I live by faith. I live in accordance with God, God's word. And because I live by faith, my God is able to get things to my life, to bless my life so that I can be a bigger blessing. Amen. It is so much fun to be used by God to bless people. Amen. Wouldn't you love to have a, a group of us go over to a town, some, somewhere in Africa on a missions trip, and when we show up, we show up not only there and start helping them and loving on them, but we show up with all kinds of finances to bless them. Glory to God. Is that possible? Should that not be our hearts? Do you see how I'm saying that? I don't want us to get selfish. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is God wants us blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. And he's given us the means. One of the ways he's given us to do it is through the name of Jesus. You have a blank check waiting for you to fill it out. And it's been signed with the precious blood of Jesus. Signed, Jesus Christ. Now fill it out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Friends, if you can't, if that doesn't scream out to you, God loves you, then you really don't understand him. God loves you and God loves me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word that's come forth today. I'm asking.